This is The Big We, a black joy spreading, Afrofuturist visioning, real talk, food for your soul, pop culture podcast, big laughs, big love, big joy, big dreams, big we. You know what's amazing about this podcast right now? What? We are literally in the same room. Hey! This is our second time being oh, in the same room. Oh, that's right. We did it room. one time last that's season. That's right. Last season in, I want to say we were in Albuquerque. We were or in Ta- Albuquerque. Or Tamaya. Yeah, we yeah. were. In that hotel room on that terrible desk. It was very ugly. But it was wonderful to be in the room yeah. with you. Beautiful land. wonderful to be in the room with you now. Yes, yes. I'm so happy to see you, Calvin. I'm happy to be seen. Oh, it's good to see you as well. It's been a long time. Yeah. I mean, I guess I should say who I am. Yeah. Hi. Hi, everybody. It's Anasa, your co-host of The Big We, a lover of love, a lover of life, a lover of people, and a lover of you. I'm a writer and a producer and a cultural strategist, and I live in Memphis. I was born in July, but I'm a July Leo, which makes me better, and... uh I'm obsessed with everything from Octavia Butler to Lando Calrissian, Oprah Winfrey to Stevie Wonder. And I'm so happy to see my friend Calvin. Hey. Hey. I also got to introduce myself. You do. So allow me to introduce myself. My name is Calvin Mitchell Williams III. You can just call me Calvin. And apparently you can also call me Cal. Aside from being (laughs) your resident Afrofuturist for liberation, I am a retired spoken word poet, a recovering organizer, and a relentless culture Mm. nerd who understands the world through memes, mixtapes, and comic book metaphors. So don't be surprised when I bring all of that up. I spend my time creating space for new stories and storytellers to emerge. And after many, many journeys through places, space, and time, I now call right here, Oakland, California, home. I am a Pisces. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a nice, you know, Pisces men are pretty wonderful. I mean. Until you're not. Until you're not. That's a true story for <laughs> everybody. A true story. You know? I, I was uh, having this conversation uh, with somebody about um, just a meme that was going around just sharing. He's like, you know what? You you just have to come to terms with you at some point are a villain in somebody else's mm. story. Even Beyonce was hurt by a Pisces. I feel I like I, on behalf that. on behalf of Team Pisces, <laughs> I'd like to issue another apology, <laughs> apology to Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's why all my stuff is in a box to the left. I mean, listen, exactly. True exactly. story. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of, what else is life teaching you these days? Because <sighs> it, it's so good to see you in person. I know that you're traveling here and there. Yes. Like you're you're in towns for a specific reason. So mm-hmm. maybe want to start off there. Like legit, what brings you to the Bay? I'm here. Um, um, <laughs> I came for a couple reasons. I came here for a conference. But I also stayed because I wanted to spend some time with you, hey. and because I have some other friends here in town. You know, I used to live here, kind of in mm-hmm, Oakland. Mm-hmm. I have, um, I was like bi coastal for three years when I was having my fellowship out here. So I lived here like for five to ten days a month for three whole years. So I have a big community here, mm-hmm. and I haven't been here all year. So it's always good to come back. But, um, but the thing I'm obsessed with right now is money. Is that weird for me to say? I've never said that before in like, my whole life. I started leaning in. I, was like, I stopped spinning in my chair. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, had a, I had a big, like, last weekend I was home. And you know how sometimes when there's something bubble up, bubbling up in you, you can feel it coming? I had that experience, and I was like, I'm going to stay home all weekend. I'm just going to not go out. I'm going to stay home. I'm going to, like, candles, pajamas, water, mm-hmm. tea. I'm just going to, like, let it come out. And I had a whole revelation about money Hmm. and power and economy and healing and reparations and all this whole conversation came out of me. And I ended up doing a rant last week that it came out last week. I did this rant about money. And so, like, you know what happened? I listened to episode two of 1619 podcast about the creation of the economy. Yeah. And the DNA yes. of slave economy in mm-hmm. our modern economy. And I'm like, you know what? We cannot heal unless the conversation about economy and money and power is addressed. And I didn't That's always right. think that. I used to think it's about we just have to love each other and we're gonna be okay. But it's not it's not true. Hmm. It's not true. And it's, and I'm 
dealing with that and unraveling that and thinking about it a lot. And so um, my song right now is For the Love of Money. You know, it's funny when you're talking about money. That's the first song that came to mind. Of course. Money, 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 money. I'm like, what else are you going <laughs> to And then it remixed into the... What uh, other song are you going to think of? I mean, the same title of the same song, but by Bone Thug. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Here's that the reason That is probably why. something you will never hear me say. You know, just listen to that Bone Thug song. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, that was so shady. I'm so sorry. Shout out to all my Cleveland people. I mean, give it but up I'm to the land. But I'm probably not, you know. Anyway, what's up with you, Calvin? Besides being two months away from, like, real life, in-person Yo, fatherhood. Real story. Uh, so I am, I'm in an interesting mood. I'm in a mood. Are you? I have been in a mood. Like, in, in a very Piscean, reflective, of course, in my feelings mood. Yeah. Um, so... I have been traveling a little bit as well. Mm. Uh, I'll share more about why I was back and forth from L.A. But um, on the way down to L.A., I was uh, listening to my playlists and was actually saving songs for, oh, this is a song that I actually want to keep for my uh, mixtape to the next generation, mixtape to my young woman, right? Mm. So even in my intro, Mm. I talk about places, space, and time. Yeah. And I say it in that way because of a particular artist who I referenced in our last conversation, Most Def. Mm-hmm. Black on both sides. Mm-hmm. 20 years old as of October 2019. <laughs> but yeah, so I was really thinking about that. And then in the show, Hip Hop Evolution, there's a, a episode around like Take the Mic. So it's talking about the independent scene mm-hmm. and all of that. Uh, and that was like, I was at backpack hip hop head. That was <laughs> who I was. Um, but uh, yeah, so there's a song that's coming to mind um, around home. Uh, so as, as you're talking about coming to the Bay and feeling like there's a community here, mm-hmm. like waiting for you, mm-hmm. I felt like that coming here as well. So just like being welcomed home um, and, and just being in a place that feels like I have a sense of in place of belonging. Um, and that story is changing for a lot of people in mm-hmm. Oakland mm-hmm. Uh, for their relationship with, to a place called home. Yeah. Um, and, and so there's there's a few things that just, uh, again, like keeping me in a mood. Like right now we're sitting in United Roots uh, right. recording studio and really appreciate the, the family and community that uh, opened up their doors to let us record in here, knowing that this is like a, a sacred, safe, and uh, cultural place and institution and space that many, many uh, hands have held with care uh, for amazing folks in the community. Um, so shout out to United Roots for hosting us here. And, and thinking of folks like my homie uh, Pendarvis Harshaw, who wrote this beautiful um, uh, poem that became uh, a song and, and video that got released earlier this week. Uh, called Let's Go Oakland, Let's the town anthem. Let's go, Oakland. Let's see Ricky's field. Let's see where Hammer danced before he had them hammer pants. Let's go for a jog around the lake. Let's take a trip down the interstate. You know, 580, 880, 980. Buildings raising at every angle. Oakland is growing, but this is still a town. These roots are plum seeds, kumquat leaves, and palm trees. Let's grow, Oakland. Let's bloom and blossom. Let's show Oakland. Let them know, Oakland, how the 91 fire couldn't stop us. The 89 earthquake couldn't rock us. Thank you to the first responders. That's the soul of Oakland. Where Amy Tan told stories of rebel spirit. Make you feel it like when the hell... The piece of, like, beautiful irony that it's a beautiful uh, ode to the town, but he's in the process of moving. He actually moved to Sacramento being... You know, it, in his story, in his words, like, yeah, I mean, it's kind of priced out, right? So in, in, in the ways that um, we're still searching for a, a, a place for all of us to call home, that's, that's been heavily on my mind uh, and, and also joyfully on my mind, um, hearing from uh, folks like Kevin e- uh, Killer and Sarah Eagleheart who have uh, returned back from Ghana, other folks who went to Ghana for the year of return, uh, getting a renewed understanding and, and appreciation for home. So, yeah, yeah, I'm all, yeah, in the zone about uh, welcoming someone into this world mm. 
with that sense of belonging mm-hmm. and with those cultural heirlooms uh, that they can uh, help make sense of this place that they also have an opportunity to keep and care for in the ways that others opened up the um, space for me. Mm-hmm. To, so, yeah, I'm in a mood. I'm a Pisces. You <laughs> <laughs> yep, you might be in this mood for the next two months, Calvin. I mean, not a bad mood to be in. Mm-mm, nope, nope, nope. Let's get to what's popping. I feel like we need some kind of like um, sound effects when you say that. <laughs> We got a pop three segment. We do. We're going to do a little bit different this week, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Last last time we had to catch up to all the things. <laughs> we legit probably had things. like a pop 27. I mean, you know, we did. There's <laughs> a lot of a things. a couple extra ones in, I admit. Audible mentions I'm here and there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're going to do a true pop three yeah. uh, that we'll share here and then on the social medias <laughs> at the Big We Podcast. <laughs> So it's time for the segment that we're calling Pop 3. We're going to share a list of our top three cultural picks that are giving us life, bringing us joy, and helping us see the possibilities for the future that we want. And we're going to keep it to three, for real, for real. This time. This time. I'm going to let you kick off. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Okay, my first one for the Pop 3 is actually a little bit of a surprise because... It's a brand new hip hop album. Look at you. I know, right? Because I don't really listen to hip hop. Not really. Okay, so there's this woman. Her name is Rhapsody. And I had never heard of her before. My sister called me and was like, Have you heard this new Rhapsody album? And I'm like, Who the heck is Rhapsody? <laughs> I don't know. I don't listen to hip hop. Who is that? But she, I downloaded it and I listened to it, and it is so amazing. And one of the reasons why it's amazing is because it is an ode to black women. Mm. Rhapsody is, first of all, her writing is ridiculous. She's so smart. You know how the smartest people make the best rappers? Like, if you think about your favorite lyricists in hip-hop, they're really the smart ones. So good. I feel you. And her album is called Eve. And not Eve the rapper, but Eve, like the first woman of all time. Mm. And her every single track on her album is the name of some woman of African descent. Ooh. So she has like Nina, Cleo, but that one's not Cleopatra. It's like actual Queen Latifah um, said it all. <laughs> Cleo. Well played. Aaliyah, Oprah, Whoopi, Serena, Tyra, Maya, Ibtihaj from Ibtihaj and Muhammad. Ibtihaj Merle, like Merle Evers, mm. Raina, Michelle, Michelle Obama, Iman. Get this, Hatshepsut is one of hers. I'm like, from the second woman pharaoh in ancient Egypt, come on and name a song after her. Mm. Sojourner and Affinity. And it has D'Angelo mm. on it. D'Angelo is on this album, Calvin. D'Angelo is on Don't do it. Don't, <laughs> do not do it. This has been your moment in shade you by did. Calvin Williams. <laughs> <laughs> We will be, we're in the same room. I will box you, okay, over D'Angelo. Okay, so D'Angelo's on it. Jizza's on it. El Varner's on it. Queen Latifah's on it. J. Hey. Cole is on it. And New Orleans' own PJ Morton is on it. Mm. So the record's just good. And it's mm. like, I mean, it's a, it's it's some N-words on it. You know, I don't like that. I don't use that word. It's a lot of N-words. But if I can look past that, the record is really great. I listened to it like 10 times in one day. And it's it really just good. came out. It just came out on the 27th um, of uh, August. Oh. And um, I listened to an interview with her because, of course, after I heard the record, I'm like totally obsessed and I want to know everything about her. So mm-hmm. I listened to some interviews and she's just so smart and so thoughtful and so powerful. And then this man, this man on The Breakfast Club. Which one? Oh, <laughs> I'm just like, Breakfast Club is going to make a couple the of appearances. The Charlemagne the God guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I feel I have mixed feelings about this guy, but that's not the point. The point is that, a lot he, of us you know, I know that he listens to a lot of music and he has probably reasonable taste, but he said that Rhapsody was his favorite rapper of any gender right now. Hey. That's a big endorsement. Whether You know, yeah. whatever, whatever. Um... Yeah, we should put some of her stuff on our 
playlist for this week. Yeah, because I love the playlist. The Songs of Solomon. If you haven't listened to it yet, check it out. So good. The Songs of Solomon. Songs there was a few. That I was surprised by a few of the tracks that were on there. I was like, oh, we added more to it. And it was, it, it helped me with that drive to and from LA. Oh, good. Yeah. I love that playlist. I love that we do playlists. Of course, if you and me would do a playlist. Please do. Like, yeah, so I, we'll I, make sure we drop some of these yeah. Rhapsody songs on our playlist this week because they are so... They're so good. Her songs are so good. I love her. She's the greatest. Anyway, um, apparently she had this other album that was called uh, Layla's Wisdom that was Grammy nominated. So hmm. she's like not new. She's, you know, Cardi shouts around. All the women shout around. Lucy Martiva loves her. You know, she's dope. Go listen to her. Rhapsody. Rhapsody. I just taught you something, didn't I? Kevin? You did. Hey. I didn't know that the album <laughs> dropped. Oh, yeah. I thought you said you was a backpack hip hopper, Calvin. <laughs> Use your full name. You'll know. You'll know. (laughs) (laughs) I love being put on to new music. Yeah, she's dope. I think you'll like it. Cool, Mm -hmm. cool. Well, I have one that also feels a little bit of a surprise. As nerdy as I am, I'm going to give you a a pop. Are you about to go full nerd on me? I'm about to go full nerd. Full nerd. Okay, let's go. Let me put my seatbelt on. It's an anime show that just got (laughs) released on Netflix. Of course. That is totally meant for Gen Z. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, by millennials, for Gen Z. Y'all know. So I, I, I came across this, and I was skeptical. I was even looking at myself like, really, Calvin? And I was like, yeah, let's go ahead. And, and It's called Carol and Tuesday. Mm. If you have watched it before or heard about it, um, it it's, it's an interesting anime uh, original from Netflix. Is a story about, um, it's a layered story. So it's fantasy, sci-fi, but at the end of the day, it's really about two uh, young women who are coming of age, finding their voice, finding each other, finding their power and agency Mm. through music. Um, I don't want to give away all the details, Mm -hmm. but it does involve that it's actually set in Mars. Whoa. Right? And so Mars, uh, in order to uh, sustain the life, it actually has a lot of, like, it's a very tech, uh, like, tech tropices um, or tech tropoli. I don't know how you say it. (laughs) Whatever the plural is, that's how Mm -hmm. they have it uh, uh, built. And there's AI that actually controls a lot. So it's like self-driven vehicles. Outside looking in, it looks like a techtopia. Hmm. Right? But... It also includes the cultural side, too. So all the music, all of the fashion, all of the things that are cultural Mm -hmm. uh, products and and experiences are also AI to give people a very specific experience, right? So what makes it all the more powerful is that these young, like these two young girls from very different lives Mm. are finding ways to create music as a way to, to... create a different space that's truly like they're like let's tell our truth right now check this out i'll, I'll name like a couple of teaser things one they have uh, uh the main character one uh carol is the daughter of a politician of the governance there mm-hmm. um who is straight up an anti-immigrant and refugee uh-huh. candidate where the refugees are coming from an earth that had some sort of climate apocalyptic thing that happened, which necessitated them being in Mars, right? Mm-hmm. So there's that. Now, so that's an interesting dynamic that's told in the story. Then you got Tuesday, who is a young black girl mm-hmm. or, or a young black woman who um, is a, a, a pianist and just like makes music, does day jobs and all of that. She was um, uh, in, in foster care and had this uh, experiences with colorism and racism and, um, and and patriarchy, but battles it in a very just like powerful, you know, not gonna take the shit way, right? And to see their stories converge is pretty fun. And the third part that I'll mention that I also think is really fun is that um, it's actually not a futurist story per se, it's an alternative present story. So they have in the in the show um they started up um an instagram page right so in in the first episode it's like oh this is our first time we ever made a song together let's take a a selfie boom and you can see in the uh, in the show like carol and tuesday had their instagram 
And I was like, I wonder if they actually have an Instagram. <laughs> you know, I'm following I'm following these anime <laughs> characters on Instagram and in live and real time, according to like like how the show played out, they're, they're releasing, releasing the yeah, yeah, yeah. So it follows the storyline along with the music that's released yes. and all of that. Now all of that to say it introduced me to a really dope artist from Atlanta who I didn't know of before because I was hearing the voice. I was like, she sounds familiar, but mm. it, it, it was just definitely like a certain sound. And I felt proud of myself. I was like, that kind of sounds like an Atlanta sound, right? <laughs> Nye Bricks. If huh. you don't know. I don't know. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Now you know mm-hmm. Nye Bricks, N-A-I-B-R dot X-X. <laughs> can't misspell that Fancy. can't forget it um who is the the voice and then just to to have black characters and black stories and black voices in anime in a culture yeah. that sometimes and yeah. historically have a very problematic history and all of that but to have that as part of their um yeah yeah their their voice casting and really dope artists who I'm going to drop a couple of uh, tracks on the, the, the mixtape and playlist yeah. this week as well. Nybricks was like the hidden gem out of a really amazing story that I thought, um, you know, it felt like something that I can hit up my niece to talk about because she's probably already watched it and she may or may not be impressed, if not <laughs> slightly embarrassed, that her, her almost 40-something-year-old uncle watches it as well. But you know what? I'm about that life. Carolyn Tuesday. Of course, I just tried to go to their Instagram page, and there's like 500 Carolyn Tuesday Instagram pages now. Could you send me me their page, please? I will. Because now I want to see it. I'm intrigued. Mars? Yes, I want to see that. Let's go. Mm -hmm. All right. I have one more for our pop game. Let's do it. So, there's this show on OWN. Shout out to Oprah. Called Black Love. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it yet. I've seen like snippets of like the the trailers. Oh my god, it's so good. So this is season three, I think. Already season three? This is season three. So if you haven't already watched it, there's a problem here. Because they're all season three. And Mm. you missed like 20 episodes already. I hear a binge watch weekend. On Black Love. I think you should. So Black Love is really literally like these couples, these black couples who sit and tell their love story. Like how they met, how they got together, every time they broke up, what the Hmm. big problems were, how they made it together to come back together. It's just like such a thoughtful, beautiful soliloquy on what it means to be in a relationship. Hmm what it means to be married, what it means to have a family, what it means to what happens when they have kids. And it's so interesting to listen to these couples' stories, even though every story kind of has the same kind of art. Because you know it's love, is love, is love, is love, is love. But still, just listening to each one of the couples talk about their relationship and their experience is so interesting. And this season, they have some really awesome people on there. They have Terry Crews and his wife, Rebecca. Interesting. Yeah, their story is super interesting. They have Latoya Luckett and her husband, which is also a really interesting story because he didn't know that she was Latoya Luckett from Destiny's Child when they met. They met over the phone, and he she never told him her last name. That's that's. They got introduced by somebody, and she was like, "Don't tell him who I am." And so he went all these months and just thought she was some random woman off the street. Um, Candy Burris is on there. The oh, you know who's on there? You're gonna be so excited. Kev on stage. Oh, Kev, Kev on, on stage. stage. I thought you'd be more wife. excited. You know, I love me some Kev on stage. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing these new things now where people are writing him letters, and it's hilarious. But yeah, Kevin says and his wife, whose name I can't remember. I'm Melissa. That's her name. Melissa's her name. Mm. And then um. Tamla Mann and her husband David Mann, the comedic, the comedian actor, and there's somebody else I wanted to. Oh, do you remember um, a few years ago when they had was it was it Queen Latifah married like twenty 
gay couples on TV, like the Grammys or something. Do you mm-hmm. remember that? Mm-hmm. So one of those couples, there's um, uh, Quincy, and I think his husband's name is DeAndre, but I met them in L.A. several, several years ago, and they're so wonderful, and they're on there too. Hey. It's just really beautiful. Like if you are curious about what it takes to make love work or if you're going through something or you just something good to watch and it's like real juicy nice positive beautiful black love on display for a whole hour mm. every week is so amazing the and all the love. love all of it all the black love all the black love i love it so much so much so go watch it calvin come on now hey i got i got a little bit of time <laughs> two months <laughs> Better watch before it's going to be you all. Better watch all the TV you can. Because <laughs> you're not watching Jack after that. I don't know. I've been screening like all the kids shows that I'm really excited <laughs> about. Every time I told you, every time I go to Calvin, the baby's going to be an infant. Yeah, you can't make story. the baby watch TV. Yeah, we, we've had brain's not ready for that, Calvin. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah. Yeah. But I do hear like all the dads who have to be up all night with the babies, they watch Netflix when they're trying to make the baby go to sleep. So maybe you can get some extra time in the middle of the night. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe not. Tell us what y'all think about our pop three for this week. Hopefully it's some new music, some new shows, and pique some interest. Share what's popping for you all at the Big We Podcast, which you can follow us on Twitter. Facebook, tweet at us. We're we're on we're on everything but what Snapchat and Vine. Is Vine still around? I don't I know. I don't think so, Calvin. You are old right now. There's hey, no Vine. Millennial OG. <laughs> millennial OG. You, you can hit us up at Black Planet. <laughs> Reach me on my AOL address. Yo. Actually, yo, we don't have one. Don't tell yo. anybody. have a conversation i've been wanting to talk to you about this all week let's let's have a okay. conversation and i don't have anything to say about it i mean i just want to say what kind of setup from the get up is because i want to have a conversation but i got nothing to say i'm a little bit paralyzed about it interesting okay yeah let's Which lean is why in. i want let's to talk in. about it with you okay i watched the dave Chappelle special I watched it too. Did you? I did. I, I did. Oh. I watched the Dave Chappelle special. So, so Dave Chappelle has this new special on Netflix. It's called Sticks and Stones. Mm-hmm. And he starts out making this joke about cancel culture. Right? Like, here's mm-hmm. an impression of somebody and they're like, oh, I don't like you. You did something wrong. Don't ever talk to me again. He's like, that's, who is that? You, right? <sighs> and then he does like an hour of stand-up and most of it is wildly offensive. Wildly, wildly, wildly offensive. And... Which has usually been his... M.O. on no, comedy, but this felt this different. This was different. This felt different. This was different. And because it, it was targeted. I don't think he's ever been as focused and targeted and... I don't even know if it... It didn't. It wasn't that it felt targeted to me. It felt like a challenge. It felt like the world is now against celebrities. You can't do anything. He talked about mm. Kevin Hart and his whole... The thing that would happen with the Oscars. Shout out to Kevin Hart. He had a very bad accident. Right, right. We're thinking about you, Kevin Hart. Yeah, no matter how you may feel about comedy, joke, and all that. Yeah, like, like yeah, 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 Kevin well. Hart. Yeah, yes, please. So he talked about Kevin Hart and what happened with the Oscars, and then he, it felt like he was like, okay, cancel culture, I'm going to give you every possible reason to cancel me in this one hour episode. And so I'm conflicted because he was going for that championship. He was going. For, he 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 may have won it. And it was classic Dave Chappelle humor, right? So it wasn't. It it, it was smart, 
It was all those things that he is, but it was just disgusting. Mm. It was disgusting. And there were, I literally, because, you know, it's Dave Chappelle, so I'm rooting for him. I'm like, okay, okay, I'm going to stick with this. I'm going to watch the whole thing. But there were moments when I literally was like, come on, dude. Why why would you say that? Why would you say that? And I'm mm-hmm. conflicted about it because it's Dave Chappelle, and I want to give him the benefit of the doubt because it's Dave Chappelle. And he's somebody whose voice I have had moments of longing for, like after Chappelle's show went off and even in times since when there's something going on in the world, I'm like, I want to hear what, the, what Dave Chappelle has to say about that. <laughs> what does that. Dave Chappelle have to say? Now he's the Ja Rule. Now, oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. If you don't remember that... <laughs> punchline from an earlier thing he was like talking about how on right and and not to make not to make i mean it's weird to give a disclaimer about dave chappelle like not to make like it of a situation but he was talking about 9 11 yeah. and we, i mean we're we're actually just a few days yeah a few after days that. after uh where on mtv they reached out to <laughs> Ja Rule. ja Rule it's like goes into this whole thing like I wonder what Ja thinks of this like I don't need <laughs> no one cares no and and God bless him too and to be honest there's that was one of the things that came to mind I was watching this mm. like on this particular conversation I, it, it felt like he was a, like oh you're you, you're kind of like stuck because it's there there's certain certain punchlines that were coming up in other folks like in the context of who is at the receiving end of a joke. Yeah. It's one thing when you're like talking to a power structure because yeah. you set it up to where it's like the first joke was about the founding fathers or something yeah. to that effect, See, right? That's right. Right? That's and right. it's like but it's different when it's someone who is revered and in in a broader popular imagination history and context mm-hmm. versus folks who are and, and particularly trans folks mm-hmm. whose life expectancy is 35. Mm-hmm. Where in this year alone, we had 17, I think 17 uh, trans black women murdered. You know what I'm saying? Like, in that context, that is who we're going to in a punchline. And in a context where we're not having the healthy part of the conversations yet. Like, it's if I know it's a messy time in cancel culture where we're being a little, maybe all of us are being a little extra, but... Damn it, if things weren't extra on the other, like tipping the scales on the other side, I don't know. Because I, I, cause I'll tell you this much, and this is me having the mirror up, maybe the three-sided, five-sided, six-sided mm-hmm, mirror to mm-hmm. my own self. I didn't turn it off. Oh, no. I kept watching. No. But you know what's so funny is because normally when the Dave Chappelle special comes out, or Chris Rock special, or any you know whoever the comedian is, right? Apparently, this week is Bill Burr. Every, oh god, oh, um, yeah, everybody yeah, is yeah. talking about it. So I kept being, I kept wondering, like, how come I don't hear anybody talking about this Dave Chappelle they special? They didn't know what to say. And I, literally, not one person has said anything to me about it at all since it came out. And that does not ever happen, right? And so when I watched it, I was like, oh, people don't know how to talk about this. People are people are either shocked or ashamed because they laugh too hard or they just don't know what to do with it. And mm-hmm. which is why I wanted to bring it here because I felt like I needed I needed to talk about it when it was over. Yeah. I needed to talk about it because I needed to... Because it felt like... It felt dark in a way that Dave Chappelle doesn't usually feel. His last few right? actually have been pretty dark. I mean, but this is... Again, different than but that, different, right? but yeah, because dark like, and a self-reflecting right. versus. It felt like vitriol. It felt like yeah, because usually like venom. It felt like the Dave Chappelle show felt because remember we were in the thick of the Bush administration, the first couple of years of the Iraq War. Like, can we say certain things on television? Can we go there on critiquing a president who had like eighty percent approval rating? Right. Yeah. And then having not many, just like a few black shows that, you know, we were just talking about the, the last conversation. Black Lady Sketch Show, The New yeah. Negroes, yeah. Sherman Showcase. Yeah. Like there's all these different formats. Southside. So Southside. <laughs> we can all the different uh, formats that we can have access to different forms of storytelling and truth telling. But this one just didn't feel like he was doing that. But here's um, the thing. What I, this is what I'm wondering. 
<laughs> because that kind, the kind of um, transparency that he displays, like mm-hmm. the kind of uh, disregard for um, social, like what's socially acceptable, right? And like the, I'm going to say whatever I want to and I don't care who it hurts. Is kind of where we are right now. That is where we are. It's where we are. And I don't agree with 90%. Like, 90% of his jokes were offensive to me. And it felt oddly familiar. Mm. And I wondered... (laughs) I wondered about the people who felt like it was offensive and the people who just felt like it was funny. And the people who would not laugh at what he what he said in public, but that at the end of the day thought it was totally fine. And also holding like I feels like he's trying to say something. Like I'm still wanting to give him the benefit of the doubt. Like what were you trying to? What was that for? Because that was it felt strategic, Calvin. It didn't feel like I'm gonna go and tell some jokes and see what comes up. It felt like he was trying to prove a point. And I'm like, you you proved a point at the at the detriment of the lives and souls and family of like real people. And it just felt really hurtful. It felt really hurtful. And I and I didn't know what to do with it because I don't yeah. see him like that. I don't see him as a even in the past when he's made jokes to folks' detriment, I've never seen him as a person who didn't care about people. And watching that felt like he didn't give a damn yeah. about like who he hurt. And that's what was so confusing for me. Yeah. Very confusing. Because he's a loving, wonderful guy. But that felt like, just like, I'm just going to pull out my sword and just cut him all down. And... I- I know, Steve. Yeah, Steve, yeah. I know. So, so here's the conversation about the conversation. Because, yeah. like, when I was having, it was within the first couple of days that he came out. And then, of course, like, on my feed, it was it was two sides. Now, yeah. I'm just talking about within, within the community, yeah. right? It was hilarious. If you loved him before, if you, you laughed before, now, you yeah. love him now, you laugh now. Because yeah. none of y'all were talking and raising hands when he was coming after black That's folk right. and he was saying, you know, you know, I, I won't use the colorful words now, but he was saying this and that. Mm-hmm. And y'all laughed and it was funny mm-hmm. and it was good. And now how come <laughs> that yeah. joke gets the punchline, but right. then it's like, this joke is too far. And, and I'm like, y'all are trying to make a point, and I hear you trying to make a point, but it's not a fully formulated thought. So hold that in the corner while folks are saying, yo, these jokes have consequences mm-hmm. when you're actually putting it in, in real life, real time. Mm-hmm. And then the other layer of, but, but y'all, if it's comedy and if it's a joke, That's it's right. not supposed to be about this, that, and the third. Now, right. mind you, there... And a lot of comedians have come out and defended him. Like, I will never say a comedian said something wrong on stage. I, I don't buy it. Have you ever been? Don't. So let's move, let's move this back it. a little bit. It's like, come on, y'all. Let, let's not act like we didn't see what's his name from Seinfeld. Uh, Listen, uh, okay. Right? And he That's just right. dropped N bombs left That's and right, right and left. First of all, that shit wasn't funny. No. It just wasn't. No. It wasn't. It's like, back in your day, back in, back in the day, you would be hanging by a noose by now. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That was said. Yeah. On, on video. Stage. Back on back video. when I think this is the first time someone was caught on that grainy video. Mm-hmm. This is like a BlackBerry <laughs> video <laughs> recording, <laughs> circa 2006. AOL.com. Right. Mm-hmm. And the conversations were like, it was swift. Yeah. That's that's one of the things that. I so I, that's why I don't buy the whole other thing. It's like, well, if this whole thing were about other folks it's like what you're saying is if we talk about black folk there's no consequence but we've seen that actually happen now not but often see, and not all the time i don't think it was just because he was black i think it's because he's dave Chappelle. it's dave Chappelle like, I, I, on a pedestal if somebody if, that, if somebody else had said all that stuff i'll be like oh no i will never but i'm hmm. like it's dave Chappelle. 
My God, I have I trust we, him. I trust Dave Chappelle. Are we doing the? I mean, he did talk about this on the special. Like, are we are we putting him on the Michael Jackson but that's, on the but, on, but, on the R. Kelly? But to, I mean, that. some people. There was a radio station. There's a few radio stations that were playing R. Kelly all the way through. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I, I mean, so I don't know. That's why we're talking about it because I yeah, don't know. And yeah. I and I and, and and you know I don't I don't like, you know me. I'm like the let's get let's be together. Let's love each other. Let's welcome mm-hmm. everyone in. Let's be expansive. Like that's me. So I'm always like, don't cancel anybody figure out what's going on with them and help them heal through that thing. That's me. You know me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (sighs) I just don't. Oh, it's so much, Calvin. It was so much. And I can't be like, oh, Dave Chappelle is hurting. That's why he said those things. Let's welcome him into the healing room and maybe something. I I don't know what that was. Yeah. I mean, those those things may be all good, but I know for a fact that the folks... There, there are folks who said they were hurting and said that these were, like, and there's also hurtful. folks who are, there are folks who are saying, like, we're tired of this. And there's folks who clap back, right? And, I mean, and, and, and in a very, my favorite clap back was actually from, uh, this is, I'm bringing in my wrestling nerdum a little bit. <laughs> I mean, you do that every episode, Calvin. No Why disclaimers are you anymore, like we're right? right? Just say it. Uh, her name is Nyla Rose. She's actually um, one of the uh, first um, trans uh wrestlers who is on like a, a major I, I think AEW's major platform I don't even know what that is but okay <laughs> all elite wrestling okay right whatever um, you say Calvin uh who the day after the, the special uh was on Netflix uh posted this now that you're in the room I can show it to you um, what I love mm-hmm. is it's the marked safe mm-hmm. that Facebook has mm-hmm. and it has marked safe from the same old joke today. You know what, Calvin? This is the thing that there's two things the that clap make me back. mad in that special. I mean, besides all the terrible jokes, one thing was like he kept being like, "I love, I love who, whoever he was," because he talked about several different communities, and he would be like, "I mean, you know, I love them," but then say the most horrendous thing, and it's like you can't actually say, "I love you," and then say all this awful stuff about you. Like, that doesn't, that doesn't make you feel better. doesn't make it right. doesn't make it better to do that at all. And then the other thing that he did is he probably used the N-word like a thousand and twenty-seven times. And right? you've already said that. Yeah, and you know yeah. I don't, I don't I, yes, roll like that. I, but that's not the point. My point is, but is it one though? of the jokes that he said was that he was... Going talking about the editing. I mean, the people who do like the censorship on this, on this, whatever, and how they called him into the office because he used the F word that I also do not use not the four letter one, but the longer one, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she said, You can't use that word. And he said, Well, how come I can, can't use that word, but I can use the N word? And she said, Um, because something like because you're oh, he she said, Because you're not gay. So you can't use that long F word. Mm -hmm. And then he said, but I'm not an N word either. But you can't say I'm not an N word and then on your comedy special say the N word 27,000 times and act like somebody else is wrong for that. Now, maybe that woman wasn't the person to hold him accountable. But like at some point, we have to have a real conversation about who we're being in mm-hmm. the world and how we see ourselves and how we hold our own selves accountable. You cannot do those things. Well, I know we're, this is a broader conversation uh, and, and it wasn't taken lightly. Again, like the conversation about the conversation I've been in circles and in spaces like after hours with, with like the homie homies. And yeah. they're like, there, there's a hesitancy to get into all the things to get into. Which is yeah. really interesting. <laughs> I, I've even yeah. I was even in one like literally we we're playing dominoes. Yeah. Right, and I brought it was like so I forget the context like well have <laughs> you like, all saw so have you seen the day like, have you seen <laughs> it's like nope we're not talking about it we're not talking about it we're not talking about it it's like why right. don't people want to talk about it I think that's the part where I have a curiosity of why don't we talk about it but also how do we talk about it and and I'm I'm. I'm curious if there's any tools around how do we hold a conversation in moments like this 
where folks are tuned in to be able to listen to conversations that we don't often talk about in settings that um, we, we usually have conversation like have a, a, a publicly yeah. centered, yeah. difficult, challenging conversation. Yeah. What this brings up for me is this conversation about um, intersectionality mm-hmm. and what it means to be black. And because when I think about uh, when I think about Dave Chappelle, I'm like, the difference between R. Kelly and Dave Chappelle is that I trust Dave Chappelle. He's somebody who has been um, important mm-hmm. in my processing of the black experience in America from a artistic and comedic standpoint, right? So when I think about him, I'm like, he's somebody who I want to hear from. And then when I hear from him and he says things that are completely outside of what I actually believe in my heart about people other than black people, like gay people, trans people, women. Mm -hmm. So the joke he made about the Asian people, what are you doing? What are you doing? You don't got to go home, right? What What are you doing, bro? Like, what are you doing? And so are we... It's (sighs) There are those who... Who believe that like the struggle for black liberation and, and black dignity is a separate conversation than the struggle for liberation and dignity for all other people and I just don't happen to be one of those people. Mm-hmm. So for me, it, it makes it very um uh very painful for me to watch somebody who I trust so much in a conversation about blackness be so vitriolic and nasty and dismissive and violent to other folks who are um, who are in their own conversation yeah. about it, right? And, and, and it's like, I... do you believe in the liberation and love for humanity, mm-hmm. or do you only believe that when it comes to black people? And can I also, even just like holding the space to 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 just say, and we, black folks and black community, we are queer, including like we have queer folk, trans folk, women, femme, uh, masculine femme like we do have all that but we also by and large are not having a critical conversation about the fact that we're all those things that part and that's what i'm saying like separate what he what dave Chappelle did on stage is something that i think that a lot of people would do had they had his talent his talent Mm -hmm. i don't think that i think that there are a lot of people who watch that and laugh their asses off Hmm. right and the part of the reason why they didn't want to talk about it is because they don't want other people to know that they will laugh their asses off of that about that in public, right? And some people who just saw it as brilliant comedy but did not see any kind of, like, consequence for people's humanity. Mm. And that that's too much. Like, no. I definitely said I want to talk about it, but I didn't have nothing to say and then just talk for 20 minutes. <laughs> right, right. So I don't know why. <laughs> and and I, I want to take, maybe we can do this as part of a companion piece because we are having this conversation. Like, how do we have a conversation where people are actually unsure on how to have a conversation because I think some folks are like I don't want to be called this that and the third I don't want to be right. canceled I don't want to right. I, I don't feel like I can have the conversation to be right. honest because there's consequences That's right. because there's some like let's be like if I'm honest with myself I got some fucked up this that things yep. that, that I'm still holding but yep. where are the spaces to be able to have that yeah and 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 maybe folks don't want to be in conflict with each other because they think that cancel is the next thing I want to offer at least a reading. Maybe you and I can start here. We can invite others into it. Not yeah. uh, too long ago. I think it was uh, last, yeah, this time last month, uh, Loretta uh, Ross had a New York Times opinion uh, piece that was published, um, and it's entitled, I'm a Black Feminist. I think call-out culture is toxic. There are better mm. ways of doing social justice work. And yes. I've heard and seen uh, other on, people uh, uh, talk about this. Letter, yes, letter, letter. yes. Um, uh, including Adrian Marie Brown, who's mm-hmm. uh, written about this. Um, and, and just looking at, um, yeah, maybe we can read this, have a yeah. conversation uh, in, in either online and invite others into it. Uh, we'll share the link to the article um, but what is uh, just putting it out? Just something this to reflect lot, on. Calvin. Yeah, how do we hold courageous conversations around challenging issues that yeah. call people in, yeah. while also reflecting back on the the even just the acknowledgement of the the uneasiness, discomfort, frustration, yeah. anger. Let's name all the things and just be real about yeah. how we're feeling and and why this is such a, a pain point and a harm point for so many folks 
And for others, it's just like another punchline. It's like, no, let's talk about why this is just another punchline. Yeah. So how do how can we hold those spaces for courageous conversations in ways that um, gives each other like gives the room for growth and and learning? Because I'll be honest, I don't have the answers, and I've already been in a couple non conversations, mm-hmm. at least two, including one that that was contentious about why about why not having the conversation. So let's lean in because if we're gonna, I feel sad. Yeah, I don't trust the issue telling anymore. I mean, were you? Did you want him to give you the answers the same way job rules? Gonna give us? I mean, <laughs> no, I never trust. I never. It was never about answers. It was about having somebody who to articulate. You know what I mean? Yeah. We need to be able to have this conversation because he's he is right. We are in a cancel culture and people don't have any space. Hmm. Right? We the people do not have space to um to be wrong mm, is that what i want to say they don't have well because abuse, be abuse, abuse is different abuse is different abuse is very different yeah but I, but that's but my but i'm saying like even even <laughs> is cancel is are we talking about are we an expansive view of humanity says when people um, wrong or abusive or whatever, then we create space for their healing too, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Um, That's the we protect the the we protect the wounded, we protect the innocent, mm-hmm. we protect those people, but we also make space for people healing when they need it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, you know, whatever. I'm like going back to college, Madden Miles, Pearl Quig. Miles Davis, whoever mm-hmm. is this going? Is this a conversation mm-hmm. that never ends, right? Like we, there's a there's a thousand people we could name who are brilliant people who have done and said real harm, mm-hmm. real harm, real harm, like life altering, life destroying harm. Yeah, and you know, even again, acknowledging that um, challenging conversations and the feelings, like I actually feel like some of my stomach quivering I know. just around like. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, um, and and so two things I want to do. Uh, mm-hmm. One thing is invite us just to take a breath. Yeah, just to you know breathe in um, that air to just just rebalance kind of the the, the energy in the waters. Mm-hmm. Uh, is what I'm gonna do. So I'm gonna take a breath. Yeah, me too. I just took one while you were talking. <laughs> That's a good point. And I did the same while you did. Yeah. Um, so that being one, and then two, uh, maybe talking about some of the hope spots or a hope spot, because part of what I heard in the conversation that we we're having is the, the, the pain and, and hurt that you were navigating is I had I, Dave Chappelle in, in the past has served as a trusted messenger mm-hmm. for um, being able to laugh our way through That's right. the dark so through times. really painful dark stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And as we did with other things, like, oh, uh, we had the sharing of Adrian Marie Brown, who we're referencing again, uh, a Spotify playlist of here's some, That's you, right. know, some you know, some, some pleasure activism <laughs> brought to you by, right? Uh, uh, you know, if you need to get down to some get down music, here's yeah. some. Here's some non-abuser music yeah. to listen to. And it is it is a long mix. Yeah, you know what I mean? there's plenty of good music for plenty people who don't abuse women. If we want to laugh our way through the darkness of these times, because yeah. we need to do that, there are storytellers, comedians, uh, truth-tellers who are many different formats from you know, YouTube to Instagram to uh, web series. <laughs> That allows us to be able to mm-hmm. hold both the truth of our times yeah. and it, in a way that, that represents the world we also want to create. Yeah. So I want to introduce the Hope Spot. The story behind every single wrestling match is that there's a story to be told that uh, basically is the protagonist fighting back after the antagonist is just overwhelming in the match, <laughs> right? And then all of a sudden there's a moment that is a bend in the in, in that story that's being told in which the protagonist uh, 
has either a reversal or uh, some momentum that's built. And it actually is for the rest of the audience to get re-engaged and, and stay engaged as part of that storytelling. It's like, oh, there is a hope that is arising. And even if uh, the momentum shifts back, it's a turn in the story point that lets you know, okay, there's still there's hope. There's always light. There's <laughs> right. always light. So this segment is the hope spot, and we hope that you share your hope spots at the Big We podcast. Uh, who are some folks that are bringing life with laughter and liberation? Because mm. it sounds like we need some truth tellers who make us laugh as well. I'm going to share one because it's near and dear to my heart, and it goes back to the story of why I was going down to L.A. to begin with. <laughs> so here we are in Oakland, California. And I'm really proud to be um, double dipping my time <laughs> as um, an impact producer for a show called The North Pole Show. Mm -hmm. And The North Pole Show is an amazing web series, an indie web series that's produced by Movement Generation. Uh, they're a nonprofit uh, social justice organization here in Oakland as well, uh, whose work centers on the restoration and liberation of land, labor and culture. Right. And the way that they wanted to present that as a shift in how uh, our, our work, our land, our relationships are organized is presenting these these issues that are right now like it's the big crises of our time. It's uh, immigrate justice. It's climate justice. It's housing justice. Um, and as the punchline goes in, in the first season, and it's uh, gluten-free donuts. <laughs> <laughs> Although in this second season, is about gluten-free tamales. Because are mm -hmm. they actually already gluten-free? or I don't, I don't know. All that to say, season two just dropped this week on September 10th. Mm -hmm. um, there's seven episodes. Mm -hmm. It runs about 90 minutes. And it is such a, a powerful, uh, funny engaging and compelling storytelling of um, Fred, four friends in Oakland who are finding their way, finding their voice, and uh, finding their way back to each other in some ways of, of um, making sure that all of them can call this home in a way that feels right mm. and it feels good, right? The main character in the season two is Santiago, who, uh, following up from season one, it's not too much of a spoiler alert because season one been out for a minute, wow. um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, was arrested in an action uh, where they were trying to prevent the eviction of an elder on their block in the show. So comes to the season two, we pick up and find out that he was actually um, uh, went from being arrested to having um, – deportation uh, case uh, begin to move against him uh, because we find out that his character is actually from Salvador and uh, was undocumented. You're giving a lot of spoilers right now. No, this is this is all in the trailer. It's all in the oh, trailer. Okay. So no okay. spoilers. This is in the trailer. Okay. We'll share the trailer. You, you can case. prove me right. <laughs> I'm currently under threat of deportation, an order that was co-signed by my opponent right here. You don't want to get messed up with this sanctuary mumbo-jumbo. The law is the law, son. We're all just looking for the right place to call home. And I found mine. Real sanctuary is where no one gets evicted and no one gets deported. And we realize as a people that the only way to survive is by taking care of one another. Speaking so of the trailer, I went in um, on the internet to look up the North Pole, and mm -hmm. I saw a very familiar face in oh, yeah. the, um, um, the little poster situation. Oh, the poster. See, at first I thought you were talking about the other executive producer. Uh, we got two fabulous, dope women who are executive producers, uh, co-executive producers, Faviana Rodriguez, mm -hmm. uh, who uh, is the director, executive director of uh, Center for Cultural Power, mm -hmm. who very... Um, uh, awesomely led a panel talk or artist talk uh, artist talk after the uh, LA premiere and also co-executive producer Rosario Dawson hey. who um, was the uh, was called the, the radical woke immigrant justice lawyer uh, <laughs> uh, who had a cameo in the, the first episode yeah but and, no I was not talking about Fabi or Rosario who are awesome I think you were talking about this other I was other... talking about you oh <laughs> me <laughs> Let me, 
I had to change my IMDb. Cool. I know you did because your face is all the way up. I in was that all up in the music video. You, yeah, you're all up in all of it. Apparently. You know, yeah. So Calvin's I, I did famous, have. Calvin's famous, everyone. <laughs> Calvin's famous yeah, on I'm, the I'm internet. I'm hood famous. I'm hood famous. So not really. I mean, yeah. No, yeah, I'm podcast. I'm, I'm podcast famous. <laughs> Not even that. You're big wee famous. I'm big in the weeverse. <laughs> I'm a the weaver. <laughs> but famous it, in the weeverse. So yeah, I, I did have a cameo. You did. Uh, me and Lila were both in a cameo. Uh, Hyphy for wifey, which was one of the <laughs> <laughs> organizing circles that didn't quite make the cut to uh, be part of the uh, movement to free Benny. Um, and and then uh, I was in in another scene that I, I won't give away. But um, mm-hmm. what what really what I want to get kind of back to is that um, the, these are this is one of several examples of web series and shows that are able to invite us into uh, a community built on uh, shared struggle uh, and similar stories. But bringing it with the spirit of laughter and liberation. Yeah. Right. Um, I feel like this season builds even even more from season one, the culmination of these characters who are uh, going through their own growth points. Mm-hmm. Um, things that, interestingly enough, kind of I, I didn't even think about it till now, like touches on what does accountability and call in look like? Yeah. Uh, when you're deeply committed in in a relationship to that person, yeah. and um, yeah, what does uh, yeah what what does it look like for us to tell our own stories in that way, right? And be the storytellers, have the space for t- storytelling, and a platform to do that um, is, is uh, in a way shifting culture. So for many of these political shifts to move in the ways that we want to see it move. Um, culture gives it a stickiness to land on so i think that this show and i'm not just saying that because of my relationship to it or because my neighbor is also a writer and producer (laughs) i think that this show is a hope spot for storytellers of places and people that um we love and hold sacred and dear and in a moment where in all the big things Hmm. um we do need truth tellers who make it accessible That's right. and make it real. So check out mm-hmm. the North Pole mm-hmm. show season two. It's available now at the North Pole show dot com. And also we'll post it up on our, um, on our socials. socials on our socials. What a night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was so much more to say, but that's it. No more. Yeah. Yeah. No we're, more. We're beginning to give the wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take it online. So we'll take it online. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll talk more about this. I think this is this is a really important conversation. Yeah. A really important maybe we conversation. have. Should we do like a joint companion piece to this? Maybe like, we should. Maybe we should. We're maybe we're totally we like. Yeah. A co-rant. <laughs> Yes, we should. But for now, let's wrap. Let's wrap um, it up. Got a couple of big uh, thank yous and uh, appreciations. Always starting first with you all, the Weverse, as we call yes, you now. Weverse. You've been dubbed the Weverse. <laughs> <laughs> so don't forget to tweet us, follow us on Instagram, Facebook at the Big Wee Podcast. Again, it's at the Big Wee Podcast. And if you want, you can also reach out to us by email uh, if you have any questions, reflections, um, thoughts of your own that you want to share. Maybe some resources that can put us up on game. Um, send that to us at hello at the big we podcast.com yes i did did you have hello. to say hello like that Calvin? hello hello <laughs> i bet you won't forget it what's our what's our email hello, hello. at, at the big you can find us at the big podcast.com and anywhere that your podcasts are available itunes google play etc etc and don't forget to leave a review uh, lastly, we got to give a couple of special shout-outs. Shout Our producer, we am Gatban, the wonderful Paula Maritzan, who is taking care of our post-production audio editing and sound engineering. Um, to the Creatives Day out in Nashville for our theme music. Uh, and also a big, big, big special shout-out to the United Roots team right here in Oakland, uh, Desmond Holt, 
Galen Silvestri, the whole crew, uh, the folks who welcomed us in, the folks who were here after hours, uh, right here in the studio space, the amazing work you all do in this community. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Y'all check them out uh, at uh, United Roots. Um, amazing work that's happening right here. And then again, to all of you, the beautiful listeners of the Weverse, this has been the big <laughs> we. Anasa! I'm tired. <laughs> I want to know the next one in Memphis. Come, listen, don't play with my emotions, Calvin, because I'm there. Because I'll have plenty of time to travel. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're telling me to get there the next eight weeks. Already ain't happening. Yo. Oh, we are sleepy. Thanks. This has been the big we. We love you guys. Thank you for listening. Tweet us. I want to know what you think. Lots to talk about.